Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another edition, a week 10 edition, college football betting. I'm your host, Aaron Torres. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody is ready for what should be just an awesome weekend in college football. Last weekend, it wasn't quite as great as we had hoped. A lot of blowouts, not a lot of super marquee games and upsets, etc. This week, it is quite the opposite. It is a jam-packed slate. We got Bama LSU. We got uh usc washington we got old miss texas a&m georgia mizzou clemson notre dame bedlam so many big games texas kansas state i don't even know how we're going to get into all of it today but we will great slate fired up to get started before we do a couple quick reminders one if you're watching on youtube hit that subscribe button help your boy torres out uh youtube channel is growing really appreciate everybody's support here also if you're not subscribed to the normal show apple spotify amazon music whatever And obviously, if you like this show, make sure to share your friends, tell your friends, get them involved in the CFB betting show with Torres experience. I believe bluntly, this is the best show and information anywhere for sports betting out there on college football. So again, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe, Apple, Spotify. And I should also remind you that with legal sports betting coming to the state of Kentucky just a few weeks ago. This show, Aaron Torres Media, everything that I do, the Aaron Torres Pod, College Football Betting with Aaron Torres, uh, it is partnered with DraftKings Sportsbook and the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And here's the cool part. They have an incredible offer for first-time customers who are listeners of this College Football Betting podcast. This is what you need to know. This is all you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. First-time customers, as I just said, bet $5 on any game. College, pro, it doesn't even have to be football. It could be baseball, it could be basketball, it could be hockey. Bet $5 on any game, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. When you use the promo code Torres, it is that simple. It is that easy. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. New customers, bet $5 on any game, get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you use the code Torres. With that said, there's no more time to waste. Let's jump into a jam-packed. Week 10 college football slate. Yes, I know. Cannot believe we are here. And there is the the, the the first weekend in November. There is only one game to start with every single year. LSU, Bama, this year in Tuscaloosa. Alabama coming into this one as a three-point favorite. The over-under ticking up to 60 and a half. 
This game always delivers. It was a classic last year in Baton Rouge. Now things switch gears to Tuscaloosa. And when I tell you two completely different teams on the field, completely different from last year, boy, oh boy, these two programs could not be more different. From the LSU perspective, listen, we know what it's all about. It is about high-flying offense. And it's funny, listen, this is what great coaches do, right? I don't think Brian Kelly, certainly not at Notre Dame, was never known for high-flying, fast-paced, tempo-scoring offenses, right? Notre Dame was run the ball, defense, good but never great quarterback play. At LSU, he inherited a lot of talent. He brought in Jaden Daniels, and he now has the most explosive offense in college football. That is not hyperbole. That is quite literal as LSU leads college football, leads college football in scoring 47 points per game. That is insane to think about. Think about all the great offenses we have in this sport, Washington, Oregon, USC, Ole Miss, Tennessee, whatever you deem to be a good offense, LS freaking U is scoring more than any of them. They also lead the country in total yards per game. So this this team is awesome, and it all starts with Jaden Daniels, right? I just mentioned it, but the kid is unbelievable. I have argued for weeks. I think he should be absolutely in the very short conversation in the Heisman race, if not at the top. I will say, I think if they win this game, he might be your favorite going into next week, coming out of the weekend. But this guy, 2,800 yards passing, 23 touchdowns, just three interceptions. And as I've said so many times, what is making him and his season so special is that his team needs him to deliver every single week. A lot of tools around him. Logan Diggs coming into this game at the running back position. Uh, The Army game before the bye was a little bit of a quieter game for him. But prior to that, four straight games of 90-plus yards rushing. And those two wide receivers, Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, are as good as any duo in college football. 20 combined touchdown catches, 19 I think it actually is, almost 2,000 yards receiving. They are unbelievable. But as I said, it's in large part because they need those guys to be unbelievable. The defense just is not very good this year. We know the point totals, but 41 to, to, to Florida State in that opening night loss, 55 in a loss at Ole Miss, uh, 39 in a win over Missouri. Offense elite, defense not very good for LSU. And for Alabama, it's actually the exact opposite. I mean, we've talked so much about Alabama on this show, on the college football betting, or, or the Aaron Torres pod, excuse me. You know the narrative by now. Jalen Milrow, he's a little bit limited, but this is an old school Bama team. They brought back Kevin Steele to bring back some of the toughness on this defense. And that is exactly what they have done so far this year. You go ahead and look at the stats. It is the number two scoring defense in the SEC behind only Georgia. I would argue Alabama's schedule has been much tougher to this point as well. They also, how about this? I think this is kind of important. Outside of that Texas game, have not given up more than 21 points in any game. Now, admittedly, Texas was the best offense that they've seen, but Ole Miss ain't too shabby either. Uh, Tennessee ain't too shabby either, even if they're different than last year. So the fact that they have not given up more than 21 points since week two in this schedule with this, uh, you know, with this schedule in the SEC, that's darn impressive to me. And here is maybe my favorite stat about the Alabama defense. Those three big wins. So we know they lost to Texas in week two. And by the way, even in the Texas game, remember, they had only given up 13 points going into the fourth quarter before Texas put up a bunch late when that defense was worn down. But I bring it up because in the three big wins of the season, 
Ole Miss at home. Remember, Ole Miss is a top 10 team according to the college football playoff rankings. Texas A&M on the road and Tennessee on the road. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and Tennessee. Alabama has given up a combined six points in the second half of those three games. That is incredible to me. It is a testament to Kevin Steele. I think an Alabama fan would argue we need to see it for all four quarters, but this defense is rounding into form. So in terms of Saturday, great game, great atmosphere, night game, uh, CBS. And I think, you know, we kind of know what the question is, right? Who, who, like, Like who breaks first? Is it the Alabama defense versus that LSU offense? Or does Alabama's offense break through against that not very good LSU defense? Bluntly, I do lean Alabama at home. Now, in terms of why, a couple of things. One from the LSU perspective. Listen, when I say this, it's going to sound like a criticism. It is not. Anybody who knows me or knows my background knows I love Brian Kelly. Been following, following him since the Cincinnati days. He is a beast. I've always liked him. I'm glad he's having success at LSU. But when I look at the schedule, it feels like the last three, four, five weeks, it's like, oh, man, after that old miss loss, they really kind of got things figured out. And then I went back and looked at the schedule. Probably should have lost that Missouri game or easily could have anyway. Uh, and then you play a bad Auburn team at home that has not figured out the quarterback situation 10 weeks into the season. By the way, Hugh Freeze, Robbie Ashford, and Peyton Thorne would tell you that, so that's not a big secret. And then beyond that, also on top of that, you know, they, they beat Army before the bye. So you're talking about a team that, like, have they really turned a corner? Or did they dominate Army and Auburn at home, two teams that, frankly, this, this team should, plus they're coming, plus they went into a bye. So it's really been about four weeks since that Missouri game. The other thought I had with LSU, and I think this is important as well, most teams come out of a bye as healthy as they're going to be. That is not the case at LSU. By the way, Nick Saban talked a lot about that this week. He said, we're as healthy as we've ever been. It's great that we have to buy this late. We kind of needed it to recharge. LSU is the exact opposite. Really important player along their defensive line, Makai Wingo. He went down with some sort of injury that required surgery. He's basically out for the season. They said six weeks. So in theory, I guess he could come back for a bowl game. My guess is unless it's the playoff, they're not going to rush him back. So probably done for the year. And I also thought it was worth noting uh, a pair of corners or a pair of defensive backs, excuse me, Deuce Chestnut transfer from Syracuse, Denver Harris, the high profile transfer from Texas A&M. Brian Kelly, very vague, but clearly not happy with them, said they have not been practicing, which could mean a lot of things, right? Could mean an injury, could mean a suspension, could mean whatever was asked about that and said, no, 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 they're not playing this weekend. Next question. So LSU secondary, and I know Alabama's passing game is not a strong suit, but LSU secondary, they're now moving safeties to play corner. um, And that's on top of the fact that the run defense isn't very good either. uh, Bottom half of the country nationally. And so when I look at the fact that Alabama is at home, both teams are coming off a bye, but Alabama is healthier. And I just get, and the other thing about Alabama Nothing phases this team. I give him credit, right? And Nick Saban would tell you this isn't the most talented team that he's ever had, but this is a team like, you know, remember they they trailed at half at Texas A&M, didn't flinch, ended up winning. They trailed at half by double figures to Tennessee, didn't flinch, ended up winning. There's something about this team. They're playing with confidence. I would say one last thing too, and this might be the dumbest thing ever, and maybe it means nothing. And an LSU fan, an Alabama fan in the mentions, feel free to tell me I'm an idiot because I know you will. Did you see the viral video of the players singing Nick Saban, happy birthday 
on on uh, on Tuesday, October thirty first, Halloween Day, which was Nick Saban's seventy seventy second birthday. Maybe it means absolutely nothing, and it probably does. But you saw a smile on Nick Saban's face that you don't normally see, and you saw the players embracing that moment. It just feels like a much closer team, right? Last year felt like there was some weird disconnect, not saying anybody was bad or wrong or whatever, but whether it was the coaching staff with Bill O'Brien and Pete Golding, whether it was the play, whatever it was, just felt like there was some disconnect last year. This seems like a close group, a group that likes being around each other. Give me Alabama 28 to 21 Alabama win in a cover. I do like the tide to win this game. Let's keep it going. Uh, and I want to switch gears and kind of go out West. There's a lot of different games after Alabama LSU that I could go with. I will go ahead and go with the uh, Washington USC game. So this is a top 20 matchup. College football playoff rankings come out. We know Washington is number five. USC comes in at number 20, despite those two losses. Washington, a three and a half point road favorite. The over under 76 and a half, two notes on that. One, the number has actually come down. U.S. or Washington Open as a five-point favorite. It's down to three and a half as I record here. And two, that's 76 and a half, the highest over-under win total of the year. And what's interesting, two programs at a very interesting point going into this game. Washington, listen, great win against Oregon three weeks ago, right? Unbelievable win, unbelievable moment, great time, great college football atmosphere. Washington hasn't been a very good football team ever since. Beat Arizona State the following week, 16-7. to Only touchdown they score is on a pick six, which basically seals the game. Now the weather was bad, whatever. You give Washington a pass. Last week, they played Stanford and easily could have lost that one. They went 40, I think it was 43-34, to but it was a game where they were outgained. And on top of that, uh, not only were they outgained, but they only led 28-26 going into the fourth quarter. So even though it's a nine-point win, it was a close game late. And I do think it is worth noting, Washington, three straight games. The other team has actually outgained them going in. From the USC side, whew, last week against Cal was a doozy, wasn't it? Listen, I don't know how many of you get Pac-12 Network, but it was funny. So so I, I, I'll say this, right? So I, a buddy of mine works for me, Jake Fagus. Maybe you've read his work at Aaron Torres Online. He is a West Coast guy, uh, Pac-12 guy, if, if such a thing will exist beyond this year. And he texts me uh, midway through the second quarter. He goes, Torres, are you watching this? This is a debacle. And I turned it on. I do have Pac-12 Network. I'm the only one, but whatever. Turn it on. USC is trailing 28 to 6, 17 at that point. And I bring it up because the game, it was completely out of hand. And this felt like the moment, oh, my God, it's all going to come crashing down, right? Uh, we know the narrative. Two-game losing streak. People are saying Caleb Williams should opt out. People are saying that Lincoln Riley is flirting with the NFL. This is where it all falls apart. If you didn't watch the game, there were some shenanigans at the end of halftime. USC gets into the red zone. Clock expires. Uh, they're trailing 28 to 17. Again, the refs realize at halftime that there should have been a second left on the clock. USC before the second half comes out of the locker room, lines up to kick a field goal, misses the field goal. So they're trailing anyway miss a field goal, and I actually give USC a lot of credit for bouncing back and winning that game. They end up winning 50-49. to 49. Um, On top of that, uh, on top of the missed field goal, there was two uh, two-point conversions they had to go to because their, 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 their kicker was just missing PATs left and right. Um, but I give them credit for bouncing back. I know when you give up 49 points, you're not supposed to get credit, 
I actually thought they showed a little resilience because like I said, halftime of that game, I thought, oh, this is over. Caleb Williams is, is checked out. Lincoln Riley is checked out. The team is checked out, whatever. And so when I think about this game going forward, first of all, I, I want to give USC a little bit credit. I thought they showed heart and resilience in a way that I did not think that they had coming out of that game. I truly mean that. This isn't hyperbole. It isn't a joke. If you watch that game, it was just, they 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 could have quit easily at halftime and instead kept fighting, instead rallied to win. And I'll also add, the defense, listen, I, I'm not here to like hand out participation trophies. I thought they actually played reasonably well in the second half. Now, they're still not well coached. They still give up way too many yards, way too many points, way too many touchdowns, way too undisciplined, too many penalties. But second half, they did force three punts and have two turnovers. And I will say, last year, remember that USC defense was a turnover-forcing machine. Last week, they forced four. The week before, they, they forced another one. I wonder if they're starting to get a little bit of that mojo back. So I bring it up because as far as this game's concerned, I'm calling for the upset. I like USC to win this game outright. I like USC to win this game outright because I think there's two things going on here. One, Washington is not playing very good football right now, okay? They're not playing very good football. They easily could have lost really the last three games going back to the Oregon game. As I said, even in the Oregon game, they were outgained. Then, of course, Cal or uh, Arizona State and Stanford, neither of those teams are very good. And also, I'll add, like, the, the, the Washington defense is not good. 100th nationally in total defense. The offense is not clicking. And this USC team, I don't think has quit on the season yet. So it's not going to be pretty. USC is going to do some dumb things that drive you crazy. They'll probably have some terrible pursuit angles on defense. There will be some missed tackles. But I kind of like the vibe that I saw from them last week. I also don't think Washington outside of Oregon has seen an offense quite like this. And remember, the Washington win against Oregon was at home. This one's on the road. Final thought. For all of the, the, the scorn that USC got coming out of the Utah game, back-to-back -back losses, we all remember Emmanuel Lacho, shut it down, Caleb Williams shouldn't be playing. Remember, USC has a lot to play for. If USC wins out, USC is going to play for the Pac-12 championship. Now, you know, we'll see. We'll, like, like, I don't think that's going to happen. Their final three are Washington at home, at Oregon next week, and then UCLA. They do not actually play in the final weekend of the season. But I bring it up because everyone that said USC has nothing to play for, and I, I'm not going to lie, in the moment when they had that second loss, I thought the same thing. They could still win the Pac-12 title. I would also say one other thing. So I'm just going to say it. Caleb Williams is plus 8,000 right now in the Heisman Trophy odds. And I'm not going to lie. I may have made a futures bet on him at plus 10,000 earlier in the week. I don't think Caleb Williams is winning the Heisman Trophy, but if USC somehow runs the table, it will mean that Caleb Williams likely outdueled Bo Nix and outdueled Michael Penix and obviously would have won three straight big time games going down the home stretch. Now, to win the Heisman, he'd still probably have to beat either Washington or Oregon or somebody else at the Pac 12 championship game. But I just bring it up to say, like, 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 I'm not telling you how to spend your money. That's one thing I never do here. I give you my picks. I give you my predictions. But DraftKings plus 8,000 for Caleb Williams? It's kind of interesting. What, USC to win, by the way. I'll say 41 to 38. I'm not going to mess with that over, even though I think the over probably hits. Nah, I won't. yeah, 41 38 sounds about right. USC wins. I like the Trojans. All right, so what we're going to do, take a quick break, come back. 
going to get to some of these other juicy games. There's a lot of really good ones on the docket this week. Uh, we're going to talk. What, what are we going to talk about next? We'll talk about Georgia, Mizzou. We'll talk about Texas and Kansas State. We'll talk about Ole Miss and Texas A&M. Quick break, loaded slate. We will be right back. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Uh, let's get to, we'll get to three more games here in this segment. Then we'll wrap with a couple more after that. Loaded, loaded, loaded week. But let's dive in and let's go to, how about this? Okay. So LSU Bama getting a lot of headlines in the SEC this weekend. You know, there's another top 15 matchup in the SEC though, as the second ranked Georgia Bulldogs hosting the Missouri Tigers who are quietly 7-1. and one. They came in at number 12 in that first college football playoff ranking. Georgia 15.5-point favorite, the over-under set at 54.5. And, and it's interesting. Hopefully you listen to this show every single week. And if you do, you can go back to last week when everybody was trying to tell you all about, oh my goodness, Florida, they're coming in hot. They just beat South Carolina. And I said, oh, what are, what are we talking about here? Like, like, I don't think anybody thought Florida was going to win that game. I think a lot of people thought Florida would be competitive. And I sat here on this show and I said, no, Georgia's going to absolutely destroy them. And that's exactly what happened. 43 to 20 was the final score. Anybody who watched the game knows it was 43 to 13, Billy Napier, garbage time, touchdown, whatever. Now, in terms of Georgia, I'll go back to last week. And and, and let me say this. I think part of the concern for Georgia, what are they going to do without Brock Bowers? That was the conversation coming into last week. And what I said, and I, I this part was, proven true and I get a lot of stuff wrong so you know I, I I'm, I'm half patting myself on the back but like I get a lot of stuff wrong but what I said was I think Georgia's got more weapons than they've ever had and in some ways I think Carson Beck will be liberated to get more guys the ball because Brock Bowers is such a great security blanket that you naturally default to finding him and so I'm not saying that George is better with Brock Bowers without Brock Bowers I hope everybody understands that that's not what I'm saying at all but I did think Carson Beck did a great job of kind of moving the ball all around the field last week. He was phenomenal. 315 yards passing, eight different receivers, 
caught at least one pass, six different receivers caught at least two passes, and you go down, whether it's Marcus Rosenby, Jack Saint, whether it's uh, whoever, Dominic Lovett, whether it's some of the running backs out of the backfield, so many weapons that's on top of an elite run game, that's on top of the SEC's best defense, and here we are, end of uh, end of October into November, Georgia again running away with the SEC. Still, the schedule gets much tougher. By the way, that schedule, remember that schedule that in August and July we were talking about they're not even going to be challenged in the regular season? All of a sudden it looks a lot tougher with Missouri, Ole Miss, and Tennessee all top 25 teams in the next three weeks. And when it comes to this Missouri squad, let me go ahead, do something I never thought I'd do. Eli Drinkwitz has himself a pretty good football team right now. And that wasn't something I ever thought I'd say about this guy in this program, but this is a really good team at the moment. Brady Cook, I still don't think is getting enough credit nationally. Now I get it. There's a lot of good uh, quarterbacks in the country, certainly. And even in the SEC, you have Jaden Daniels, Jackson Dart, uh, you know, Carson Beck, who he'll obviously oppose this week. Graham Mertz even isn't playing badly, poorly. Um, but I don't think Brady Qu- Cook is, I was going to say Brady Quinn. Brady Cook is getting enough credit for the season that he's having. 70% completion percentage, 15 touchdowns. And that wide receiver core is really good. Luther Burden is the former number one receiver in his class when he was in high school. Theo Wees is a former five-star who started his career at Oklahoma playing for Lincoln Riley. Um, you know, you go on down the list. Mookie Cooper is a former four-star who played at, at Ohio State. So a really good group. Cody Schrader is a phenomenal running back. And this defense overall has been very, very good throughout the season. Not perfect, not elite, but good enough. So in terms of this game, I'll be honest. I actually do think that Missouri is going to be able to keep it close for a few reasons. First off, I, I, you know, I, I, the Georgia narrative, and again, whenever you say anything negative about Georgia, oh, you think Georgia sucks or they're overrated. No, Georgia's awesome. Best team in the SEC, deserve all the praise they get. But it does feel like the narratives are swinging too far one direction or the other, right? Last week it was, oh my goodness, well, what are they going to do without Brock Bowers? And I told you, everything's going to be fine. And then this week it feels like it's the exact opposite. feels like it's like, Oh, you know, Georgia, wow, they're really clicking going into November. It's like, no, Georgia was always awesome. Yeah, maybe they weren't great at Auburn, but that's a really tough place to play in a rivalry game. But Georgia dominated Kentucky, uh, took care of business against Vandy, went into the bye, and now everybody's like, oh, my God, Georgia's unbelievable. Georgia's great. Georgia's phenomenal. But I look at this game, and I think Missouri, um, you know, on the road, Georgia, listen, I don't want to say they're in look-ahead mode, but all four of these games are big over down the home stretch. And at some point, somebody is going to make things competitive. Now, maybe it's next week against Ole Miss. Maybe it's later in the year at Tennessee. But this one feels to me like it could be interesting. Missouri's battle-tested. Missouri can score. Missouri can move the ball. Missouri can make big plays. Um, and uh, by the way, Missouri played Georgia tougher than anybody last year. I don't want to say they're not afraid of them because I think Georgia's clearly the, 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 they're at the apex of college football right now. But Missouri knows last year they easily could have won, and I think they have the dudes to make things interesting. Balance, wide receivers, defense is good enough. So in the end, I'm not picking Georgia to lose, but I think from a betting perspective, 15 and a half feels like way too many to me. This feels like a 31-23 type Georgia win, but give me Missouri plus the points on the road. I think they're a better football team than they get credit for. You know who's not a better football team than they anybody's giving them credit for? The Clemson Tigers. How about this? You know the slate is weird. There are multiple 
top 25 matchups that we've already talked about and several more that we have, or at least two more that we have to get to. None of them are Clemson hosting Notre Dame. By the way, I was supposed to go to this game. Something came up, couldn't go. I have a a buddy who kind of is in the Clemson community that kind of invited me down, couldn't go. Kind of glad I'm not going. A lot of chaos at Clemson right now. In this game, Notre Dame, a three and a half point road favorite, which by the way, feels fishy as you know what, uh, you know, whatever. Over under set at 45 and a half based on that terrible Clemson offense. And listen, we all know what the narrative is out of Clemson. It's been just a very interesting couple weeks. Two weeks ago, you know, Dabo Sweeney has the comments about we need more, less people on the bandwagon. Then he has to retract them. Then he has the back and forth with Tyler from Spartanburg. But the bottom line is, I don't think Tyler from Spartanburg was wrong. Like everyone say, oh, Dabo's allowed to defend himself. He is. He absolutely is. But at the same time, Dabo Sweeney has paid a lot of money to win games. He has not. They're four and four coming off back-to-back losses, three losses in the ACC. Um, and they're not playing very good football right now. And when you look at this team, the concerns are on the offensive side. Kate Klubnik, I'll be honest, I, I don't think he's good. But I really have no idea, to be honest, because you look at Cade Klubnik. This is a guy he's completing like 62% of his passes, 15 touchdowns, you know, I, I don't know, seven or eight interceptions. Um, but they don't have a run game. The offensive line isn't good. Uh, the 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 wide receivers aren't elite. So is like Cade Klubnik not good or does he just have no help around him? It's also worth noting coming into this game, probably their best skill position player, Will Shipley, might not play. Left the game against NC State with a concussion, as I record, has not been cleared. I'm far from a doctor, but it feels unlikely that he will be there. And so when you look at this game, Clemson's coming in reeling. Clemson's coming in uh, with an offense that can't stop anybody. And Notre Dame's kind of playing their best football. They played eight straight weeks to open the year, including week zero. Get a bye, beat USC before the bye, and destroyed Pitt after the bye. And we all kind of know what they're about. Defense, run game. Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman has been good. I don't think he's actually been as good as people think, but I think more importantly than that, he hasn't had to be good the last two weeks because this defense is playing at such a high level. You know, in the last two games, Notre Dame has 10 total turnovers, 10, five forced against USC, five forced against Pitt. And so you look at this Clemson offense reeling. I don't really know you know, this is the worst possible defense that they could play. So in terms of this game, I, I can't bet it. I'll tell you, three and a half feels very weird to me. Um, and, and listen, this feels like a game where in a perfect world, Dabo rallies the troops, right? Remember, we talked about this with Florida State in the, the Florida State Clemson game. I thought Florida State was going to dominate. Dabo rallies the troops. It's at home. Florida State, Clemson was probably in position to win that game until the scoop and score late in the third, early in the fourth. So Dabble rallied the troops once in a big home game. I'll be curious to see if he can do it again. It is worth noting of the four losses that Clemson has, and I'm not making excuses for them, but they three of them are on the road. Feels like they've played an abnormal number of road, uh, you know, conference games at Duke, at North or at NC State, at Miami. I think they played four out of conference road games all before November first. That feels like a pretty high number. Bottom line is though they've lost. Three of the four uh, on the road. The other one was against Florida State at home. And three of the four were by a touchdown or less. And so the point I'm trying to make is as bad as it's been, they're not that far off from respectability. 
Now, they're not Clemson of seven, eight years ago, six years ago, five years ago. But they're not that far off from respectability. But at the same time, there's no logical pathway for me to see them winning this game unless one of two things happens. One, unless Cade Klubnick just plays a game that we have not seen him play. Maybe it's there. Maybe it's possible. Maybe next week we're previewing a Clemson game. We're talking about Cade Klubnick throwing for 410 yards and five touchdowns. But we haven't seen that game from him. And then the other thing that could happen is Sam Hartman has been a little bit turnover prone. But again, even if he's turnover prone, Clemson has to capitalize, and I don't see how. So I'm not betting this game. Can't even give you a strong lean. It feels like the game that Dabo rallies the troops, that everybody's given up on him. But what is the pathway to victory? I can't see it. I got to go Clemson, uh, Notre Dame 27, Clemson 24. I just can't see it. you know. And by the way, it's worth noting with Notre Dame too. Still have a little bit to play for. I don't really think they're getting into the college football playoff with two losses. But you just never know. At 14 in the first poll, it would take the, listen, there's more losses to be had by teams in front of them. I don't think they'd be at the top of the list for one law or two loss teams. But it's kind of worth noting they still feel like they have a little bit to play for. We will see here. Can't bet it, can't pick it, don't even have a strong lean on that one. Let's do one more top 25 matchup. We'll take a break and wrap the week 10 slate. Very interesting game in Austin, Texas. So Kansas State is a top 25 team. They are traveling to Texas to face the Texas Longhorns. And how about this? The spread in this game is just four points. The over-under set at 49. And this is an interesting game for this reason. Remember when Texas beat Oklahoma beat Texas in Red River? And we all said, oh my goodness. Well, this was great. And guess what? We're going to get to see it again in the conference championship game. And a lot of us, and I include myself, I'm not perfect, okay? I'm not perfect. I said this too. I said, well, guess what? We get to see it again in the conference championship game. Well, just one thing. The Big 12 is all of a sudden wide open with Oklahoma's loss last week. You know right now there's five teams with one loss in the Big 12? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, Kansas State, and Iowa State. Four of those teams, four of those five teams play each other. We'll get to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State later in Bedlam. So this is a big game for the conference, for the race, for the college football playoff for Texas. Obviously, the committee giving them a lot of credit for that win in Alabama, but you still got to win games, and now you got to do it without Quinn Ewers. And I think that's where I would get worried if I was Texas because if you watch last week's game, it's very clear uh, Steve, Steve Sarkeesian, much like last year when Quinn Ewers got hurt and they went to Hudson Card, it's clear he does not trust Malik Murphy in the same way. 35 rush attempts, just 25 pass attempts against BYU. And you sit there and say, well, of course, it's a backup quarterback. I get it. But to win games down the stretch, if Quinn Ewers is out another two, three games, you're going to have to open it up a little at a, at a certain point. So they score 35 points against BYU, but one of them was a special teams touchdown. They don't really pass the ball. And now you're going up against an elite Kansas State run defense, which is number two in the Big 12. The only one that's better is Texas. Kansas State, kind of much the same. Kansas State is a very interesting team. They run the ball super effectively, uh, and they, they're really good in the run defense. Like like um, like Texas, I don't think they really trust their quarterback, Will Howard. We know who he is. Remember, Kansas State won the Big 12 last year. They played Alabama in the Sugar Bowl, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but like we know who Will Howard is. He's, he's a very B quarterback. 
Um, a guy that they don't put too much on his plate. They really rely on the run game. Kind of crazy because if you remember, this was a team that last year had Deuce Vaughn who got drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. And you wondered how good would that run game be? Took a little while, but they are rolling uh, as again, they are the number five rush offense in the, in the nation, excuse me, the number one rush offense in the big 12. Daniel, uh, DJ Giddens, excuse me, is the name to know there, 722 yards rushing, seven touchdowns, also six rushing touchdowns for Will Howard, the quarterback. Will Howard's playing pretty well, 1,600 yards, 14 touchdowns, seven interceptions, but I, I, I wouldn't call what he's doing like elite, 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 elite. In terms of the game, listen, I do have a pick. I do have a bet. I like the under in this one. I mean, you have, think about it. You have two defenses, two, two offenses, two coaches, one just doesn't like to throw the football. That's Kansas State. The other, I don't think, trusts his quarterback in Malik Murphy. So you have two offenses that want to run the football, going up against the two best run defenses in the league and two of the best run defenses in college football. I expect it to be close. I expect it to be low scoring. I expect it to be one possession. I'll say Texas wins 2017, but I don't feel great about that. The under feels like the very smart bet to me. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We'll talk Bedlam. We'll talk Ole Miss, Texas A&M, the rest of the Week 10 slate. A couple interesting games in the Pac-12, UCLA at Arizona, Colorado at Oregon State. Quick break, or Oregon State at Colorado. Quick break. Be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, everybody. I'm back. Good to be back. Good to be back. Final segment of the show. So good to be back. Do you want to go and wrap college football? Should mention, by the way, uh, just got the news as I'm recording here. The passing of Bobby Knight, legendary college basketball coach at Indiana. No, this is a college football show. No, it's a betting show. Uh, we're not going to spend any time on it here. But if you do care, I do a lot of college hoops on the Aaron Torres pod. We'll do a bonus episode Thursday morning when you're listening to this. Make sure to check that out as well. Uh, if you don't listen to an Aaron Torres pod normally, I think it'd be a good time to check it out. Let's get back to football, though. Let's have some fun. And how about this? Top 25 matchup in the state of Oklahoma. That is right. I'm talking about Bedlam. Oklahoma, a six-point favorite at Oklahoma State. The over-under is set at 60. I got a lot of thoughts on this one, but let me start by saying this. I think you can argue this will be the craziest environment in all of college football this year. Now, I know what you would say, Torres, what does that even mean? How is that possible? Well, remember, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, during this latest round of realignment, prior to Oklahoma leaving for the SEC, 
everybody assumed that Oklahoma State was kind of tied at the hip to Oklahoma. In other words, Oklahoma would never go anywhere without Oklahoma State. 10 years ago when the Pac-12 almost became the Pac-16, Pac-18, whatever it would have been, it would have been the Pac-10 to the Pac-16, Oklahoma would not leave without Oklahoma State. So when they leave, it was really bad. It was really political. You know, it's not like the Pac-12 where everybody's going apart. These are two in-state rivals that do not like each other. And now Oklahoma leaves Oklahoma State behind. They left them for dead, essentially. And Mike Gundy basically was like, we will never play them again when I'm the head coach. I mean, even Washington, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, it seems as though they plan on continuing those rivalries. Mike Gundy does not plan on, on playing this game. So you look at that part of it. And you look at the fact that Oklahoma State is a pretty good team. Like, you know, and this is something, I don't know if we've even talked about Oklahoma State on this show, but how about another great coaching job by Mike Gundy? Because just a minute ago, we talked about Dabo Sweeney, his inability to adjust and evolve with the sport of college football. You could argue that Mike Gundy is very much the same, has not wanted to evolve, has not embraced the transfer portal. But unlike Dabo Sweeney, it has not seemed to affect him at all as this team is six and two. And you can't even argue that like they haven't played the tough part of their schedule yet. They already beat the Kansas team that Oklahoma just lost to. And they're the only team in the Big 12 to beat Kansas State so far. So they're on a four-game win streak. And obviously the big name you need to know here, Ali Gordon, the second, okay? For people who do not know this guy, I mean, this guy is one of the breakout stars of college football this year. And the crazy part is it's not even as though he he was playing a big role early. He just kind of got going and they just keep feeding him. They keep believing in him and he keeps getting better every week. Six, five straight weeks, excuse me, with a hundred plus yards rushing. In the win over Kansas, he had 168 yards rushing and 116 yards receiving. And then listen to these last two games against West Virginia two weeks ago. 282 yards rushing, four touchdowns against Cincinnati last week, 270 yards rushing and two touchdowns. So the last two games, 500 plus yards rushing, six touchdowns. This guy is just a baller. And now Oklahoma State is playing an Oklahoma team that, let's be honest, has not looked good for two weeks in a row. And I think that's the thing that really stands out to me about Oklahoma. It'd be one thing if they just lost to Kansas. But they did not look good the week before against Central Michigan, Central Central Florida, not Central Central Michigan's got their Cotter Stallions problem. Central Florida had an Oklahoma problem two weeks ago. Okay, but Oklahoma did not look good against Kansas. And I said this on Monday's Aaron Torres pod. I said the problem with that game, if you're an Oklahoma fan, there was no nothing fluky about that. There was no like we had six turnovers or there was an injury or somebody twisted an ankle or this guy was suspended. Kansas was just the better team. More total yards. Can, uh, Oklahoma finished two of 10 on third down. And oh, by the way, Kansas did it with a backup quarterback. Jalen Daniels is their starting quarterback. Or J, yeah, Jalen Daniels. There's Jaden Daniels, whatever. You get the point. And so you, you, you have a backup quarterback and you still lose this game to Kansas. I'd be worried going into this one. Beyond that, I'll say this too. I think it's a bad matchup for Oklahoma. Because while the defense is improved in year two under Brent Venables, and they're only going to get better because he's recruiting his butt off to his credit, at the same time, um, that that defense has really struggled. Like I said, 450 yards given up to Kansas. Kansas ran the ball effectively. And Oklahoma on the season has a bottom half of college football run defense. Oklahoma State with Ollie Gordon Jr. I think will be able to run the ball. Now the counter would be, 
that Oklahoma's Oklahoma State, excuse me, their pass defense is not good. Dylan Gabriel should be able to carve them up. So the over under is 60. I would definitely take the over. I did not actually officially bet this game. Did not take the over. But I think that Oklahoma State as a six-point underdog at home, that is a live, live, live number. Again, they're going to be angry. They're going to be hostile. They're going to be playing to win. They're going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. And Oklahoma is not playing very well. So we'll see what happens. It's not an official pick, but I, I, I do think Oklahoma State as an almost touchdown home favorite feels like a lot. Give me the Cowboys to cover the plus six. Let's keep it going. Very interesting game and point spread in the SEC. Texas A&M is going to Ole Miss. The number has actually come down. Ole Miss is a three-point favorite. The over-under is set at 54. And I'll be honest, I, I don't really get this number, and I think it should be more in favor of Ole Miss. Now, listen, Texas A&M is good. But if you watch that game last week against South Carolina, I don't want to say it was disheartening. You got to win. You got your fifth win. One more to get bowl eligible. But coming out of a bye, it was against the South Carolina team that is beat up and in bad shape. That game was way closer than it sh than the final score indicated. The final score indicates, oh, it wasn't even close. I don't want to say South Carolina was ever really in it, but Texas A&M could have and probably should have beaten up on them a lot worse considering how great that defense is. And so now you have a Texas A&M team that's struggling and they're going on the road. And the stats for Jimbo Fisher on the road are jarring. You know now this is year whatever, 6-7 for Jimbo Fisher. He has yet to beat a ranked team on the road as head coach at Texas A&M. You know that they have now lost eight straight road games dating back to the 2021 season. Beyond that, keep in mind, Lane Kiffin, nobody loves poking Jimbo Fisher more than he does. I mean, even in his press conferences this week, oh, this is one of the best defenses we've ever seen. That defensive line is, is NFL caliber. And, he, you know, he made some comment about imagine what what other people would be doing with that or something to that effect. But you look at the fact that Lane Kiffin seems to love poking at Jimbo Fisher. And I think I just let me put it this way. I don't think the way that offense is playing Max Johnson and those that they're ready to go on the road in a hostile environment and win. Now, maybe the defense is so good. It doesn't matter. Maybe an 11 a.m. Central kickoff. It's not the best crowd. But I like Ole Miss to win this game because for Texas A&M to win this, it's got to go against some history that Jimbo Fisher has never accomplished. As I said, he has never, ever beaten a ranked team as head coach at Texas A&M, which is unbelievable on the road. I should say on the road, in case I didn't make that clear. Hasn't beaten a ranked team on the road as head coach at Texas A&M. Has not won since 2021. You're playing a top 10 Ole Miss team on the road. You lost there two years ago when you had a pretty good team. Um, I like Ole Miss to win. I like Ole Miss to cover. A couple other games before we get out of here. Uh, one late night Pac-12 game. Very interesting. UCLA traveling to Arizona. Uh, UCLA, a slight three-point road favorite. The over-under in this one is set at, let's see if I can find it really quick. The over-under set at 51. First off, let's give credit to Arizona. Jed Fish, get your gone fishing t-shirt at AaronTorresOnline.com. But Jed Fish has been Awesome. Okay. Jedfish has been awesome as head coach at, at Arizona. I doubted the hire. I didn't understand the hire, but since he's gotten there, man, they are really, really, really good and really, really, really dangerous. They've won back-to-back -back games against ranked teams. And what stood out is a couple of things. One, when they went up to Washington state, it was the offense that could not miss. 
Last week, though, was a little bit of a defensive struggle against a good Oregon State team, but you find a way to win. For people who don't know, uh, really, Arizona is about on a four or five game heater right now. Not just the two ranked wins, but remember that 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 overtime loss to, to USC, they were up 17, nothing, probably should have won that game. And then the week before they played Washington and only lost by a touchdown. So they're playing really well since Noah Fafita is the name to know there. Uh, he has come in as the starting quarterback of this team, and he has led them to a lot of success. I mean, it was interesting because Jaden Delora was the starter. And when Jaden Delora went out with an injury, you know, Jed Fish was hesitant to 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 basically said when Jalen comes, but when Jaden comes back, he is the starter. And then it kind of became like, oh, we can't take this guy out. Noah Fafita has been awesome. A lot of skill talent around him. T-Mac, the wide receiver, Jacob Cowling, you know, the running backs are really good. And the defense is much improved this year. Speaking of defense, UCLA is special. Top 10 defense nationally. What's interesting about this game, though, UCLA is has, has had their own quarterback situation, okay? So Ethan Garber started the year. Then Dante Moore, the five-star freshman, came in. Then Ethan Garbers came in two weeks ago when the offense was struggling. Last two games, yeah, yeah, Ethan Garbers has has had a lot of success, and UCLA has essentially averaged like 500 yards per game since he has come back. And so when I look at this game, I know last week Colorado was kind of a weird one, but they completely dominated Colorado. I mean, they had 28 points, and they won by double figures, and they turned the ball over four times. That's not going to happen again. I love the Arizona story, but I think this UCLA team gets them. Great defense, always travels, on the road, offense is better with Ethan Garbers, and I expect him to get a win. couple other news and notes games, you know, Arkansas at Florida. Florida's a six-point favorite, won't be betting this one. I, I, I think Florida should be favored. The only reason that I would not bet this game, Arkansas, remember, going into the bye, fired Dan Enos, the offensive coordinator. That might not sound like a big deal. It might sound like a, a bad thing. Why would you bet him? It's because, in my opinion, I think this offense is going to be better without Dan Enos. Too complicated. K.J. Jefferson is thinking too much. You know, K.J. Jefferson is, is a rip-and-go kind of guy. When he had Kendall Bryles, he was throwing the ball all over the field. He's not thinking too much. He's reacting. He's playing ball. And I thought Dan Enos, frankly, got in his head too much. O-line struggled. So I could see the scenario where the offense actually plays better post-Dan Enos, but I also can't pick him to go on the road and, and win in the swamp. I'm not a huge Florida guy. You just heard my little rant there a minute ago. But this is probably a spot where I do think they go ahead and get the win. I, I would say Florida is probably the right side here. I expect them to win in cover. Kentucky at Mississippi State is a very interesting one. Kentucky is actually a slight road favorite, a three-and-a-half-point favorite at Mississippi State. But here is the crazy part that you need to know about this Kentucky-Mississippi State rivalry. You know that they have played, they've been the year, uh, they've been the, uh, you know, kind of historically uh, one of the cross division rivals. They play every single year. You know that Kentucky, the last one, let's see here, one, I believe it's five times they've gone to Starkville. The last time Kentucky won in Starkville was 2008, if I'm not mistaken, okay? So they have lost, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five, six straight games in Starkville. Have not won there since 2008. Now, they haven't played every other year there, but pretty close to it. And this has been a house of horrors for Kentucky. I mean, even in their 10-win years, there have been times where they've struggled there. I'm not betting this game. I don't like Mississippi State. You know I'm out on them. 
but total stay away to me. Total stay away at this point, uh, you know, Colorado. I mean, I, I, I think I still think they're a great story. I still think they're good for college football. You can agree or disagree. 13 and a half point home favorite against Oregon state. Um, I love Dion. I love what he's about. That whole line is just abysmal. And against this Oregon state offense, I just think it's going to be a struggle. Uh, my guess would be, I'd actually like the under in that game a little bit more than anybody else. 62. I think Oregon state slows that Colorado offense down but Oregon state does not score a lot of points themselves. I would take the under in that one. And I'll give you one more to keep an eye on. I think I've hit on all the big ones at this point. Keep a little bit of an eye on an early noon kickoff. And no, I'm not talking about UConn at Tennessee. Tennessee is a 35 point favorite. They'll win. But another out of conference game in the sec Jacksonville state at South Carolina. First of all, this has to be the first ever matchup of Gamecocks versus Gamecocks. Both are Gamecocks. Uh, Jacksonville State in its second year as an FBS member. Do you remember who Jacksonville State's head coach is? You've probably forgotten. Do you remember who it is? It is none other than Rich Rodriguez. They go 9-2 and two last year. They're 6-2 and two right now. And here's the crazy part. They're a Rich Rod team. They run the crap out of the football. And they're going up against the South Carolina defense that hasn't really stopped anybody all year. Jacksonville State, again, by the way, is, is you know, because they play in the Sun Belt, Sun Belt's got quirky scheduling. They've played one game essentially in the last three weeks because they play Tuesday nights. So basically they'll be, they'll have played, they'll have had almost two full weeks to prepare for this game. South Carolina is beat up. Jacksonville State's a 15 and a half point underdog. I actually like Jacksonville State to keep things close. You know what this reminds me of? Remember last year, late in the year, Hugh Freeze and Liberty went to Arkansas. Arkansas fans don't need me to remind you. And in that game, Hugh Freeze won. And that was basically the game that launched him to the Auburn head coaching job. Couldn't you see the scenario? Rich Rod, the old hen, what do they call it? The fox in the hen house gets in and messes some things up at South Carolina. I would not be surprised if Jacksonville State keeps it close. All right, I think that's it for this episode of College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. Uh, It is time for me to get out of here. Time for me to go and uh, we'll get out of here. If you're not subscribed to this show, please make sure to do so. Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Music, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure that you're subscribed. Also, make sure to rate and review the show. Uh, Go ahead, give us a quick five stars if you don't mind. I really would appreciate all of the support that you could give me there. Uh, If you're not subscribed on YouTube, I think I just said that. Make sure to go ahead and do so. College Football Betting with Aaron Torres. Uh, And really, that's it. Thank you to our partner, DraftKings Sports, for the DraftKings Sports on the app. Get $5 on any game. Get 200 in bonus bets instantly when you use the code Torres. I'm going to get out of here. Appreciate your support. All my picks, by the way, AaronTorresOnline.com. Check them out. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.